Welcome. Hello. This is Jonathan Carroll. This is Nathan Morris. This is You'll Die Trying. It is. It is episode 99. That's right. If you turn it upside down, it'd be 66. Do you think we're going to party like it's 99? I like that song. Prince. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Remember that show? That show. That place, Chuck E. Cheese's, when it was like... It's still around. There's one 45 minutes from here. But not that one. That's not the same as the one that had the animatronics that literally look... Well, yes, but not... I know. Growing up, they had like... They were all like a band up on the stage and they were... It was so scary and fun. It was scary. I just appreciated it from afar as a child. My favorite thing about Chuck E. Cheese is also my least favorite thing about Chuck E. Cheese, and that's the ticket system from the games. So you don't like the card anymore? I liked winning the tickets and seeing them issue forth from the machines. I hated going to the little gift shop and realizing that all of my efforts were in vain and I was going to walk away with a straw. (laughs) It was a straw. It was ridiculous. It was like a spin top or like a like a uh, what were those things called? The they were literally just circle cardboard, and it you was would throw it down. And it would pogs. Pop up. Pogs. Do you remember the pogs? Mm-mm. I'm gonna Google that while you do that. I'm gonna tell you that my father used to say it would have been far cheaper to go next door to Toys R Us and get you that piece of junk than it would have been for you to play all these games and then think that you won that piece of junk. Pogs. Awesome. How do you spell that? P-O-G. What is it? Let's see. 1990s game. Collect all these Pogs. The Pog Slammer. We used to collect all those things. Literally some genius cut a piece of cardboard in a circle and drew something on a crayon. And sold it. It's like Pet Rocks. Pretty much. You know, those are antiques. I mean, I can go to the river and get a Pet Rock. Yeah. It's an antique there too. Episode number 99, You'll Die Trying. Brent, if you're still with us, take us home. Home? Uh, start us off. Go. Take me out to the ball game. Let's do it. been a literal um, while since uh, I have a seen you be I, uh, recorded with you. It has. It's been ridiculously unnecessary. We didn't even bother apologizing last time for the the week that we that YDT was silent. Although we did get some messages. Thank you to thank our you beloved listeners, both who messaged us and also who commented to me when I saw them in passing. Is everything okay? Totally. Just busy. Totally just busy. Yeah. That is correct. I had something to say, and I told... Oh, I have a confession to make. Okay. Jordan wine is delicious. Okay? That's not the confession. Where does it come from? Uh, California somewhere. Okay. I don't know. I it's mean, it's be. Napa Valley-ish. Where'd you have it? In my belly. Oh, in my house. Like, did you buy it from the local... Yes. Okay. Th- there's a kind of a twofer with this story went to denver the last trip we went to denver Mm. and we went to dinner and one of our uh dinner guests got a bottle of jordan wine really liked it i was like this is absolutely delicious (gasps) how 
dare you phone? Silencing. It's okay. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a bottle of Jordan wine. Didn't think anything of it. Get the receipt. It's like really expensive. Uh, but one night I'm drinking some Jordan wine. This was two weeks ago. Right. And the TV, this is so stupid and embarrassing. The TV remote has been messing up off and on. It's a new TV because the previous TV was messed up. Okay. Anyway, got this replaced. The TV remote's broken. I got so mad. I got on Amazon and I bought I bought a, a TV. For for your home? Yeah. A 75-inch TV. You <laughs> mean so, is this for so, over the mantle? Yes. 75 inches is it's, bigger than the it, mantle, isn't it? I don't I that's my confession. I didn't measure. I didn't check to see if the mount could hold it. I didn't check for any of those things. Well, yesterday, for the better part, let's say from 8 a.m. until 12 o'clock lunchtime, I had two of our staff members over there trying to hang this TV unsuccessfully, boxed back up in the corner. That's my confession. Well, do your research. Just do the research before you, before you make a purchase. And don't buy Jordan wine and then make a purchase. <laughs> That's a good story. It's not. What's You're the just, confession that you bought a TV? Well, there's that and that I did not do any research. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's just dumb. I'm just well, gonna... I have two things that I'd like to say, if I can remember them. The first is I hate the sound of my voice. Really? Yes. And by the way, uh, I'm not alone. I think virtually every human being hates oh. the sound of his and her own voice. I thought you, you thought s- you meant they. Everybody hates my voice. Yeah, I was like, wait, that could be true. That? That's I, awful. I don't. I don't have any polling numbers on that. I mean, who cares? I'm going to start a polling company. You just make the numbers up as you go, and you'll be making bank. Yeah, kind of like a meteorologist. I mean, to any of you who are in meteorology school, fifty percent of statistics are right one hundred percent of the time. Anyway, so I don't like the sound of my voice, and I. Got into my car the other day, and I my my uh, phone connects automatically because you know this is an amazing time to be alive. And I had been on the Anchor app, Anchor.fm, which is of course the gift that we have to be able to publish our podcast uh, for free uh, in that space. If you have an interest in doing so, visit Anchor.fm and visit us at Anchor.fm forward slash You'll Die Trying. Uh, but it connected, and I had been on the app, and so it automatically started playing some episode. I don't know. So I get in my truck. I'm going to take the kids to school, and immediately the first voice that I hear is my own. It was it was a, a horrifying experience. It, it felt it felt I don't I don't like it. I was hoping you were saying felt dirty. I don't. I just don't like the sound of my voice. So for all of you out there who think that you don't have a voice that you like, you're not alone, I'm the same way. We all hear ourselves as lower-toned inside our heads, our skulls, but our voices are almost always a couple of steps higher outside. So what you think you sound like, I hear something different. And what I think I sound like, you hear something different, and I don't like that very much. I think you sound great. Well, just putting that out there. I don't have any qualms. I forgot the other thing I wanted to say. Yeah, you so. had two things, and you said you'll forget. Yeah, yeah I'll, uh, it'll come back. It's okay. Come back, yeah. So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit up today about um, this question. If you have to err 
ERR. If you have to err, if you have to um, be wrong about something, what do you want to be wrong about? I want to be wrong about. See, I'm going through all these very deep things that I either. Man, going for the gizzard on this one. Well, uh, I'm I'm. What do I want to be wrong about? Always mesmerized by periods in history when we got things so wrong, and yet at the time, people on the wrong side believed that they were right. I don't know who really believed that they were right in the anti-Semitic epic era of the uh, early, the first fourth of the 20th century. I don't know what was going on in the minds of, of Nazis that, that they thought that that was right. I don't think that there's a way you can think that's right, but someone must have, when you think about slavery, you know, when you think about segregation, there are people who believe that they were on the right side of that issue. And looking back in history, we can say emphatically that they were not. And I would really love to have been wrong then. Mm. And looking back to have been right about that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I find that the um, sexual orientation debate in our era is the kind of... um, next civil rights conversation that obviously the racial issue is still an issue. So we're not past fighting for the civil rights of peoples of color because they're still being, the people of color are still being discriminated against uh, all the time. And I hear that and I'm not dumb to that and I know it happens. I, I, I don't have any circles of friends that would do that. Right. I don't experience it. I guess it's because uh, I don't well, know, it's, I'm it's, inclusive and the people I love and hang out with are inclusive. It doesn't, I don't, Yeah, it's not an issue for, for me, but apparently, obviously it is. Well, still. you know, just reading the statistics and, and watching, you know, uh, um, how, how people are treated after having committed uh, a crime and watching the disparity of treatment and and looking at the differences of race and realizing that there is absolutely a pattern of discrimination right. against people of color. And I, I do want to clarify and make sure that I do say that it's something I'm aware of. I don't personally yeah, witness it. Yeah, or you recognize it. it. You just don't yes. experience it. And, and obviously, I don't think any of us really can um, unless we are uh, involved in the lives of people who are experiencing it and they're willing to share that with us. And that's why I like to read about it and, and, and listen to it and watch uh, about it. And, and I research about it because I just don't want to be blind in that eye. I don't want to participate in the perpetuation of uh, discrimination on the basis of, of color or culture or creed or anything else. And so the homosexuality um, conversation is kind of like that you know, plus it's this, it's the same kind of thing. It's just different because of course there are homosexual persons who are white and there's 
treated differently than people of color, regardless of the persons of color's sexual orientation. So I want to have be I want it to be able to be said after I'm long gone that as as wrong as I was about so much that I was at least right about something and I want to have been right about those things. Mm. So I've asked myself, oh, how do I how do you do that? How do you ensure that you are right about the things that matter, even if you are wrong in the moment, if you're, even if you're standing on the wrong, quote-unquote, wrong side of the issue from the, the majority, from the masses. And in my opinion, the, the, the job is that you have to err in the direction of kindness. Now, I think that sounds cliché. But I think when you really dig into it, it is subversive and countercultural. Subversive in the sense that it's not the mainstream, because I don't think, by and large, most of us err toward kindness. Because, I mean, think about it. Think about all that's happening in the world, in this country, in and our it, community. And quite frankly, it takes a lot to be kind. I mean, it takes a lot more to be kind. Yeah. It takes energy and effort. To be quite frank, yeah, especially amidst all the stuff that is happening in culture and life, yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that people oftentimes have a heart for it because I think we are busy getting up in the morning and servicing our ego and our insecurities. And kindness asks us to give rather than take, and it's a different worldview. And I think it requires. Uh, being conscientious, I think it requires self-awareness. I think it requires intentionality, and I think it's really hard. And getting up every day and reminding of our, ourselves what this whole thing is about, and then committing ourselves to that day in and day out, is a task that may seem too onerous for some of us. It is. It's it's hard. People have been talking for ever, time immemorial about what the purpose of all this is. And you do have to kind of ask that question from time to time, like, what's the point? Some people would say the point is survival. Other people say the point is to service the kingdom of God as it is on its way toward us and God's purpose is being worked out. Other people would say it's about living well and being happy. And others would say it's about raising a family and passing the torch, which is just another way of saying survival. But I do kind of believe that this whole mess is held together by acts of decency and kindness. And I think all the tiny little things, when put together, add up to one big thing. And if it's all made up of kindness, then that's the big thing. I think kindness is the big thing. A recent kind Example would be the young boy that was a UT fan. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Tell it. The boy, I'll paraphrase the story, wore, it was a spirit day, wore an orange shirt, did not have a University of Tennessee shirt, but he essentially taped or stapled or makeshift UT on his shirt in a white uh, notepad, notebook, piece of paper. Made fun of, of course, because people tend to suck, and the teacher, I believe, ended up, or someone at the school ended up 
taking a picture of that shirt and writing the story of this individual who just was a huge University of Tennessee fan and didn't have a shirt because his family could not afford the shirt. Gosh. Not only did uh, the University of Tennessee find out about this, they sent him all this swag, all of the UT gear you could imagine, and not to mention his shirt is now sold out at the official University of Tennessee um, fan shop. So they shop. made a shirt that looked like his shirt? Yeah, Golly. exactly like his shirt. That is unbelievable. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome. Gosh, Absolutely awesome. That gives me chills. This new school year that we are in, we're in the midst of, I just saw on social media this like just video of these kids just beating the crap out of each other. Mm. I, I, you know, defend, take care of. I don't know. I didn't read the article. Maybe he was protecting a, a female or someone who was getting bullied. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely um, justify that. But just for the sake. Anyway, kudos to the University of Tennessee. That's fantastic. That's really, really special and awesome. And I think, what is this all for? And what are we doing here? You know, the passing of the torch. I've heard people say that, yeah. you know. What do you think would happen if you, you yourself personally, every day, woke up and reminded yourself that the whole point of time and the gift of time that you've been given is to be more loving and to act that way. And those, believe it or not, I try that. I think, it, you know, it's intentional. You know, we talk about intentionality. We intentionally attempt kindness and it kind of makes the world spin a little better. I do try that in my everyday. I'm not successful, especially when, you know, the things in which life consists of happen and not in the order in which we want them to. And then right. you show up to work, not in the best of spirits or mood or whatever. Just a big muddy mess that we're trying to sift through. There's a uh, an author named George Saunders who writes for the New Yorker and Harper's and GQ and um, National Book Award finalist. He uh, gave a speech uh, at the University of uh, at Syracuse University, and and he talks about kindness in his speech. And he talks about how. Kindness is really a sort of gateway virtue. You know, we talk about marijuana as like a gateway drug. Kindness is a gateway virtue that you start out with the intention of being kind, but then you run into all these other problems. He says it's all uh, well and good to say be kind, but what is the kind choice if, for instance, you encounter a barista who has been weeping? Do you comfort her? Do you inquire as to why she's crying? Do you try to be quiet and leave her alone? You know, it's hard to know. So he's like, right away, we're in the middle of a different kind of moral question that might have to do with awareness, being maximally data receptive, always receiving data all the time so that we know what the right thing to do is. And when your lens is kindness, it makes that decision so much easier. I've never thought it that way, and yet it's true. And I keep going back to, and it sounds like a very selfish statement. However, that is exhausting. I mean, mm -hmm. it is. It is exhausting. You ever feel like you're getting information overload or you just talk if you're in service world of just talking and talking and talking all day long. It's like, how much more do you have left to give when you get home? Yeah. Right. Like we've talked about this in previous episodes. Right. Just the, the thought of 
looking through the kindness lens, yes, that's an incredible feat to try to perfect, to be more aware of how to respond to a crying barista. However, that's just, that's, I don't know. It's, uh, that's, it's selfish. It is selfish for me to think that way. And something he says is that uh, things that aren't kind should be called failures of kindness. So instead of, well, I wasn't being kind, being I failed, being, uh, failed. No, instead of saying of I kind. wasn't being selfish, you would say I, I had a failure of kindness. I had a failure of kindness. Because kindness is the point. Oh. And if you don't commit the act of kindness, then you have had a failure of kindness. Um, we're going to take a pause for a technical difficulty as Nathan reassembles his uh, microphone. That's yeah. never happened before. It happened with that other kind that we had. Remember, it broke in the middle of a, an episode. It was episode 38. Was it? No, I have no idea. That was a failure of kindness right there. <laughs> that thing shot in the air like a rocket. I thought I was going to lose my mic into space. I would like to uh, wish with George Saunders uh, that as we grow older, our servicing of our own anxiety would diminish and that we would basically be replaced by love. That love is what happens where we once were. I think having children and trying to teach those children and love those children and make mistakes with those children and try to repair those mistakes. I mean, that's, that's all such a great um, Petri dish or crucible for working out um, what it means to be loving. You know, because everybody says they love their kids. What does that mean? They love their kids. They love what they see in their children that remind them of themselves or they love them because they, you know, they are attached to their same bloodline. They came from them. They love them because they really like their personalities. You know, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to be loving? And I think re re returning to this gateway virtue of kindness, I think kindness is is the first move and being kind toward each other in, in a family, being kind toward yourself, being kind toward your partner, being kind toward your children, even in the midst of having to set limits and, and bring about consequences and discipline, remembering that discipline means to teach, you know, not to beat, but to teach. Oh, really? I'm just kidding. Right. So, totally kidding. It's so, so kindness, that kindness is in all of that. So I just think it's important that we prioritize kindness these days and that we not write that off as cliche be kind what does it mean what does it mean to be kind what's it mean to be kind to that barista what would you do in that scenario you approach the barista let's say she's at starbucks and she has tears in her eyes and she's asking you what what can she get for you today my immediate thought right now with you asking is what doesn't matter what i want or what's what can i do is something is something um, the matter, obviously, something's the matter, and mm -hmm. just listen. Not be rushed. Yeah, be attentive. Just listen. Would you, you ask? Would you ask her? I would absolutely say, "You seem upset. Is there something that I can do?" I would ask that. That's what I would ask because I wouldn't say, "What's the matter?" That's not. That's not what I would go to because it's not my place to know necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important to say, is there something I can do? I think that's a very reverent question to ask someone. Is there yeah. something I can do? 
And of course, it's it's never good to say, "Let me know if I can help," because nobody's going to take you up on that. Then, and then people know that, and uh, people know that. But to be able to ask specifically, can you think of anything in this moment that you could ask for that if someone could do it, it would be helpful for you? And more often than not, people will be able to come up with something. Well, it would just be great to fill in the blank. It would be nice if, because you've, you've put it, you've phrased it in a way that's so inviting. Right. Let me know if there's something I can do as a command. And it's not for them, it's yeah. for you. It's, yeah, it's an imperative. Yeah. As opposed to, if you could wish for anything right now that could make your life a little bit easier, what would that be? And they might say anything. They might say, oh, I had a million dollars. Well, you can leave an envelope with that person's name on it that had $100 in it for later that day. Might not be a million, but it's something. Right. You know, and you don't put your name on it because it's not about that. Kindness. It's not about random acts of kindness. It's about intentional acts of kindness. Right. Waking up every day recognizing that I have the opportunity today to change the world. Not for myself, but for all of us. And I think there's a lot of power in that. So... That's my encouragement. Let us be kind to one another. Thanks for joining us. Nathan, it's good to be back with you. Thank you, man. I'm, I am Nathan, and I appreciate uh, all that you've said today. That's, that's great. Be intentional. Be kind. I'm Jonathan, and our next episode proves to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm.